Welcome to Sportin' Live. Introducing your host, Ed Draper. Hello, welcome along to the podcast, Sport and Life. Ed Draper with you once again. Thank you for hitting on the button. Really appreciate you being here. Hopefully you'll enjoy this podcast, particularly I think there'll be some Cheltenham Town fans listening to this, but other clubs that Luke Regvani has played for in his distinguished and long football career. So really appreciate you being here. Thank you for that. Thank you as ever to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. And always stress that although it's a beautiful Bangalore store in the courtyard in Montpellier here in the heart of Cheltenham in the west of England, beyond that, that's worth sort of... Um, just been aware of is that Serene AV aspect to the operation, the sister company or brother company, however you look at it, that Jason Briggs runs because they can offer you a bespoke solution that mits, uh, that fits your budget, your vision, not necessarily Bang Olufsen equipment, so a big screen, home entertainment system, whatever you're looking for, worth getting in touch with Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham. And I think they won again, Jason's team, AFC Cheltenham. I gave them a shout out on Friday live on Sky Sports News, big uh, 24-hour sports station in the UK because we were asked to name somewhere we could go this weekend. The Premier League was on hiatus due to the international break. So I mentioned AFC Cheltenham, and I think they're playing Cheltenham Civil Service. So I think it went well for AFC Cheltenham and team. Although disappointed I wasn't there, and I have to apologise that I was actually working, so I miscalculated. I couldn't attend the game as forecast on the TV because I was working on the TV the next day on the Saturday. Anyway, Bang Olufsen, Cheltenham, check them out. And also, Cytoplan, a lot of people listening to the podcast have used this discount code, appreciate it. And hopefully there'll be good supplements for you, food-based supplements, company housed in the west of England as well, just up the road from here in a village called Hanley Swan, as you approach the uh, beautiful Malvern Hills, where I spent my teen years in Malvern. And it's beyond that is a really kind of clever idea. My father is a GP and micronutritionist, has worked with Cytoplan. We still pay for the supplements, and I always stress that. But we believe, or my father at least believes in supplementing primarily for him because of the depletion of UK soil samples. And it would have to be something you'd have to investigate locally where you are in the world. I know that selenium, for example, which my father is a big trace element fan of, he says that it's more replete, more prominent in U- in US soils, for example, in the States than it is in the UK. So there can be variation. But we take immune complete as a multivitamin, vitamin, you may call it, if you're in Australia or America, um, presumably Canada. Uh, but it's something that, 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 that has selenium, zinc, has vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B12, all the key components. But it's those trace elements, zinc as well, and selenium that my father focuses on. But you can get a 30% discount off your first purchase if you're looking at maybe vitamin D3 as well as a bespoke specific supplement over the winter months here in the UK or the Northern Hemisphere, wherever you are, then that's possibly one to to consider as a sort of unique on its own supplement to take. But if you would like to uh, buy some supplements from Cytoplan, go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. The discount code is DRAPER10, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. Right onto the podcast. I found it fascinating. I think part of the reason I started this podcast was getting life lessons out of sport, understanding the lives of sports people a bit more, 
layered and textured and perhaps I get an opportunity to in my day-to-day job at Sky Sports where it's all about this game, next game, last game, results, etc. Building up to matches, reacting off the back of matches where it's kind of getting a bit more understanding of people's lives in professional sport. And Luke Rajvani's had a distinguished and um, fairy tale ride in lots of ways from non-league up to the Premier League, back down again. And interestingly, he says in this podcast that his most special moment was or special years with the time spent at Cheltenham Town my local club towards the end of his career where I got to know him he's a wonderful charismatic character but very candid here about the difficult couple of months he's had since leaving Burton Albion which is a third tier team in England this past summer and he's playing part-time back at his non-league side they only train once a week but he's facing up to the challenge of, of, of going again at not yet 40 I believe and finding a new career and I think it's a big challenge and one that I've one of the aspects I want to explore in the podcast, we'll know about a lot of sad cases of, of players really struggling with depression and after the identity of being a footballer or rugby player, American football player, basketball player, whatever it might be, once they finish playing and still relatively young men and women, aren't they? That's the, the crux of it. So what do you do then? And he's gone through a few months. He's now building up a personal training business, getting his qualifications. So worth uh, listening here and getting in touch with him if you're in the Leicestershire area. I think he lives um, somewhere near Loughborough where I went to university. So I had a bit of a riff on that in the local area. But here he is, the wonderful Luke Reg. Luke Varney, Reg, welcome back to the podcast. You're in the midst of it, mate. How are you doing? You, you deliver your birthday balloons being delivered to your daughter and all sorts. Retirement's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, this is uh, these are the things I've got to look forward to now. Uh, <laughs> bringing balloons into the house, wrapping presents. It's uh, it's all it's all a bit different. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm enjoying it though. It's it's nice to have had the time off. Um, just looking now for something a bit more to get my teeth into now and, and keep busy. Yeah, no, hopefully we, I'll, I'll pass on your details to Sky Sports. Hopefully we'll get you some punditry work down the line yeah, with, that'd be nice. with, with that as well. Because you've, you've got a rare CV, haven't you? Played across all, all the levels almost. What, how do you reflect now? Because you're still playing at Cornia, your hometown club, aren't you? How do you reflect on the, the journey your career has been? Because I was trying to add up your clubs, but it's difficult because you, you went to the same club a few times and things like that. So it's tricky. Yeah, to you'd, uh, you, need, you need a good calculator, I must admit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's obviously nice. I think um, a lot of people I spoke to that played at the, the higher levels had said that they'd probably try and finish as high as they could. But sort of, I, I had no shame of dropping down. I just wanted to play football. And uh, mm. I, found, I found it tough a couple of years ago that I think I spoke to previously about it before I went to Cheltenham. I obviously kept myself in really good shape uh, and went down and did the trial game. And, and if I'm being honest, the, 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 I've, I've said it quite a lot of times, the two years out at Cheltenham were probably my best in football, and that was in League Two. So, Really? It, yeah, it's, it's surprising because obviously I've been at some great clubs. I've been at Leeds, the biggest clubs in the country, you know, and uh, and Sheffield Wednesdays and Blackpool in the Premier League, which I had a great year. But ultimately, I think you you judge your time on the people you meet and your experience, and I, and I enjoyed my time there. And I've kept in touch with probably six or seven lads there, Whereas at the bigger bigger clubs I, I was at, you probably keep in touch with maybe one, not even one. Sometimes you class them more as colleagues, but now I've made a lot of friends in, in the last couple of years. So, oh, that's that's great. What was that the secret to? It? Was it just the the culture, the atmosphere? Was that that cultivated by Michael Duff? Is, do you feel that? Or was it just the, the the group of players that that happened to be there? Yeah, I think it's it's been well emphasised. We've um, we had a bit of a leadership group put together by the gaffer initially, and we had a. A couple of Marines that, that came in and really made us realise that the values thereby to are very similar within a football club. So we set a, a we set a, le- a, a list of um, rules that we abide by daily, 
even on the training ground and, and you've seen obviously you're, you're in the area we mm. started to climb started doing brilliant we started to really started to achieve good things and and we had a great core of lads and it, and it really helped and we sort of drove the new lads that come in the young lads lone players they sort of had to abide by that straight away so it, it really got us going in the right direction how do you reflect on, on what they're doing now? It's wonderful for them to get promoted as champions last year. Had a great start in League One, but it seems like they're in a tricky patch now. Ben Tozer's left and I think Will Boyle's been, been injured. Do you feel that that spirit will carry them through once they, they sort of stabilise? Yeah, I think obviously they, they, they did the right thing getting rid of me because they got promoted <laughs> the year after. So, uh, no, I was a number one fan. I must admit, I was a bit of a bit of a cheeky beggar asking for the codes every week, watching the games on the... Uh, <laughs> but I, I watched as many games as I could because I'm I'm still a massive fan. Like I said, I've got a lot of friends still there and I've kept in touch with, with the gaffer still. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to see those celebrations. Um, even in COVID, they're on the wall, seeing the fans. I wish I was there, I really do. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, listen, they've, they've, I think they've still done it, still had a decent start. I went actually to watch the game at Burton and they did absolutely brilliant. I think that was on Sky. Um, mm. I, I just feel that they, they're going to understand, they need to understand that in this league, they're going to have sort of highs and lows. They're playing massive teams week in, week out now. So it, there'll be no panic stations there. I don't know what, actually what their targets are for the season, but... If we're being honest, I think they've had a very steady start. And like you say, with, with Toes moving on, it's it's difficult. It was a difficult situation for everyone involved because he's he was a massive part and a massive driving force of what mm. we spoke about earlier. So I think Boyle, obviously Boyle has been injured as well. So that's obviously disappointing. And it's it's tough because they're a big part of what they, what they do in the back three, as, as we know. So get those back and uh, I'm sure that they'll start going in the right direction. Well, it's good to hear that you're keeping an eye on it and keeping in touch with them as well. What, what of Michael yeah. Duff then? Because you played up and down the leagues. Obviously, this is Michael's first proper job after the Burnley Academy role. Do you envisage a bright future for him? Because some cynics would say, oh, he's got to move on while the going's good and not and not risk getting relegated or something like that. Do you feel, come what may, he's, he's got a bright future in, in management? Yeah, I think, I, I, if I'm being honest, I was quite surprised he's still there now. Um, mm. I know he, he loves living in the area. Obviously, his wife and his children are settled. So, it, it would take quite a good job to get him away from it, but I think he's making great progress. And uh, I said to a lot of people, I don't, I obviously Sean Dyche has signed a new deal now, but I can just see him <laughs> taking over at Burnley one day. Yeah. He's a, uh, like I said, I've had a lot of managers and it is, his in depth, his, his detail, just his, his man management and, and how he dealt and let us get on with it. Like I say, is that leadership group, it wasn't all about him. He let us run a lot of it. And if there was anything that he needed to step in, then he would do. And, and we, we'd know he's there. Do you know what I mean? Having him in the background. And I do think a lot of the work with him being sent off, he did a lot of work on the back four. It was, we yeah. used to watch it on a Saturday after our game debrief. And the the way he does it, the, the lines, the sort of shoulders turned, that, that sort, we talked about it all the time. And, and the, the lads I actually know said that if they go into coaching, they'll take it with them. So that, that's great that he's he's having that input on, on future managers. So, But he, he'll go on to do well, I'm sure, no no matter. He'll, he'll definitely go higher in the game for sure. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to watch his story. Still very young in, in management terms. What What is your um, your thoughts on coaching? Because you did the fitness coaching in part, didn't you, at Burton last year? Yeah. It's really weird because... Mm. We spoke down at the Cheltenham training ground two years ago, but the pandemic's blurred everyone's lines in terms of time references. I can't believe yeah. that's two years. But you've had that year at Burton in between as well, and now you're back home in, in the East Midlands. What, what did you think of, of that experience? Because were you hands-on every day fitness coaching? What was that role like? Yeah, I sort of got thrown into it, really. I think um, we, we weren't in great form at the time, and obviously Jake Buxton was 
again, he was even newer to the management game. He, he was sort of, he got offered it out of the blue and, and thought it's an opportunity to take. So when I spoke to him, the idea was that I knew I probably wouldn't play every week. So if I could help in some capacity, fitness, um, with the coaching and stuff. So initially I was as a, a player and like I say, bit part coach, but Chris Beasley was doing the fitness coach. But then we got to a period where Bucko thought he was sort of on his own a little bit and needed a bit more help. So Beardo went over to that side and I took over the fitness side, which I wasn't quite ready for, but listen, I was, I was ready to do it. I, I got on with the lads, which sometimes it can be difficult promoting from within. You need that voice that they've not had before. But I think the lads and the feedback I got, they, they quite enjoyed it. We didn't win many games, but I don't know if that's down. I'm hoping that's not Stayed down up, to though. the fitness. Fit, I'm hoping that's not down to the fitness. Yeah. So, uh, but that's yeah, a so it, that must yeah, be difficult on, on the fitness front because, you know, we're talking about how we both studied a little bit of fitness. And I know it's an area you're going to pursue again um, with qualification, more qualifications. But did, was it difficult at the club? Because when games are coming thick and fast in, in League One, you can't do too much with them, can you? Because you, you want to probably no. show up and, and do some intense sessions. But actually... They probably need a lot of recovery, I guess, mainly. Definitely. And if, if you think when I took over, it was where it was the year after sort of COVID. So we had games midweek every week. We were playing mm. ridiculous amount of games. So I actually think I did it for two, three months, maybe. And I got one power session midweek cool. in the whole two, three months. So <laughs> obviously we had access to St. George as well, which is brilliant. Um, so I only got to go upstairs once. So it's, uh, yeah, it was, I would have liked to put my stamp on it a little bit more. Um but it is what it is. And obviously then Jimmy came in and, and Chris Beardsley went back to being fitness coach. So then I had to go back to playing with about two months of play. So that was quite <laughs> tough, I must admit. Are you, are you going back? Do you think you're sort of you're doing the fitness qualifications coming up? Is that the area you see yourself in football or would it be fitness outside of it with the general public? How do you see it? Yeah, I think it like, like I said, I dabbled in it at football. It, uh, it, it's weird because I spoke to a couple of players recently that we're used to earning the money as a footballer then yeah. obviously it goes down a lot as a fitness coach. Uh, the art, I used to get home at half on and put the kettle on being a footballer. Now you're there till five o'clock. It sounds a bit uh, big time, but that, that that's the feeling, the time consuming. It, it, my weekends now, I'm actually looking forward to spending with my family. Um, yeah. I'm still playing at the minute, but I don't know how much longer. Uh, I just can't see myself committing to the game like like you did as a player. And, and, and that's me being honest. I think that's the best way for me to be. I think a lot of footballers feel like they have to stay in football because that's all they know. Mm. Um, I've converted my garage, so I've got a, a garage ready to go and we're putting a toilet in now. So it, hopefully we can, I can do it from home and, and it will keep me busy and, and keep me going. Yeah, I can empathise with that, actually. So I've just turned 40, and actually I've worked weekends the last 20 years and played football yeah. before that, sort of. And you do realise that sometimes that, that is a precious thing, that you can you respect people who have the, those weekends, don't you? Maybe you want that little bit of regular structure, I guess. Yeah, like I said, I've just spoke to a couple of players. Um, I spoke to Billy Jones, that was at Sunderland, and David Norris, who obviously both had really good careers, and they both really struggled when they first retired what and what to do. And I basically said my situation, I said for the first six weeks... You, it's like you play golf, it's the obviously your off period. And then once that six weeks went, I was used to going back to work, which is, and obviously it's not happened this year. Uh, obviously, also my daughter obviously broke a femur, so that was a, a major oh, trauma for, for all of us. So I had to spend a bit of time with her, but now they're going back to school, she's recovering, and now I'm just sat around and I can understand completely why players struggle, but these two are going to get on a course and I think David Nice is doing really well now. He's... Um, He's actually got some really good boxes on his books and he's got he's, he's sort of climbing and, and doing brilliant. So if I could do something like that and, and keep me busy, 
And like I said, I don't feel like I need to stay in football. That was mm. that was always something I was scared of lead, coming toward the end. But I've sort of got my head around it now and I'm, I'm going to sort of, shall say, back myself and hopefully I can make it work. We played to nearly four to where still playing at corn as well. Mm. Um, would it be difficult to work with members of the public who you're trying to motivate and galvanise? Because clearly you've looked after yourself and been at elite level of fitness for so long. Do you think that would be difficult for you? Or do you, obviously that would be an attraction for them to come and work with you because you've got that experience, that track record. They can look up on the internet and say, wow, this guy was was fit and committed to it. He knows his stuff. Do you, how, how do you feel about that? Because that might be a challenge for motivated people to work with people who maybe are lacking that little bit of motivation. Yeah, that's that's obviously the hope that people will understand that I've, I've kept myself in shape for a long time. Um, uh, they can, yeah, like you say, you can look at my CV and see that I can, if it's coming from someone, I was always like this with managers and fitness coaches. If a fitness coach ever did the session with me, mm. I sort of respect him a bit more. It's, <laughs> it's, you, you wouldn't really want anyone 20 stone telling you to do sort of sit-ups and pull-ups, you know what I mean? It's that sort of, uh, so uh, yeah, I think I'll have that. I quite, when I did it at Burton, I sort of put my own sort of brand on it. I like to enjoy myself. I'm quite enthusiastic. Um, people will tell you most dressing rooms I've been in. I think a lot of people I spoke to had said that I should stay in football for that reason because I'm, I'm, I love the dressing room scenario. Um, so I'm thinking uh, hopefully I can replicate that a little bit in my um, my teaching and uh, make it fun. I think yeah. uh, that's yeah. the main thing. I don't want it to be robotic. Um and I, I wouldn't do it like that. And if it ever was like that, I don't want people to get bored. I want people to keep coming back. So, yeah, I've, I've done bits and bobs for friends and family uh, that have enjoyed the sessions. They might not want to tell me if it's, if it's not very good, but we'll see. So we'll get these uh, qualifications done and then we'll, we'll see how we go. You've got to tailor it to the client, haven't you? If you've got a guy who's exactly. like, sat at his office 50, 60 hours a week at the yeah. desk, but you can't cane him too much. Exactly. On I'm trying to, uh, I'm going to, we, we, I've spoke to a lot of people about how, people that start their own businesses i'm going to do it in a, a, a block of sessions and and maybe we could do two in the two in the garage like i've said and then two on the field because i'm quite comfortable with the field sessions like like i said we've mm -hmm. done it at burton so and at the moment everyone wants their children to be footballers you can imagine can't you so this yeah. the football the football specific stuff will be be really good and, and i can do that so hopefully we can do a bit of both and it, it'll work it's a nice to be outdoors actually we're talking about doing the gym instructors course and actually one problem for me is I don't really like being in a gym for a long period of time I like being outdoors right. and doing running and, and like say a bit of push-ups press-up pull-ups whatever yeah. they are kind of I quite like that variety is that something you think that's, that's probably a niche for you I guess yeah I think what was his sort of a light bulb moment I, I had um, a chap that does a lot of coaching around in the area and he basically said would I come under his name and and do some coaching and like I say the, the fitness stuff and the football specific stuff and then I thought to myself I don't really need to be working under anyone else if I can set that up myself and be confident enough to do it. Um, probably the football, the, the field sessions are probably a bit more tailored to what I know. So this is why I need to do the, um, the obviously courses to learn about a bit more about the body in depth and about the stuff in the gym. Again, I've been in the gym for 20 years, so I've got that, that knowledge, but it needs to be more in a qualification. So obviously for insurance purposes and stuff. So yeah, yeah. get get that all done. And I'm hoping I can make both ends work and, and let's see where it leads. You never know. You can never say never. I might end up ending back at a football club one day, but we'll see. Yeah, Monday to Friday, just ask that Monday to Friday. Oh, yeah, that's it, that's it, definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, boxing, yeah, boxers is a good area. It's a shame that Carl Froch has retired. You could have popped up and seen Oh, that'd be nice. Not, not, yeah. my, my wife went to uh, college with him, actually. She said he used to pay him off for doing some of his work. So, uh, really? after the morning <laughs> and that. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you can pay a bit more now, I bet, after his... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, yeah, he, and all that stuff, he's yeah. done, uh, done unbelievable. She, she actually said back in the day, 
he'd always be late for his uh, for his classes because obviously he's out training. I said, well, it paid off, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. He's uh, he's still looking good, Nick. Actually, on the Sky Sports of the week. Yeah, he looks night. brilliant, doesn't he? Yeah, he's vegan, and I think he's um, yeah. He looks oh, like class! Dollars. But um, what what about the, the playing at Corn? Because I went to Loughborough Uni, so I, I can't remember if I did a training session with Corn or not. But it was a, lo- it was a local club to Loughborough, isn't it? It's pretty. It's close yeah. To and, yeah. Uh, what what are you are you going back into a PLO role now? He's still up front. What are you doing for Ooh. Corn? I'll be honest. I'm I'm not. I've been very good this this year. I've even got the chairman after me at the minute. We were. Uh, I was told we'd be competitive, and we're not. We're not doing great at the minute, but we've we've had a new a new few players come in over the. We trained Saturday. We had five or six new faces. Um, I, I feel like I'm not sort of helping the scenario at the minute because obviously everyone wants to beat us because I'm there, which I can mm. understand. Um, everyone wants to beat Corn anyway because they've got a great setup. It's always been quite a big club in the area, so we've got to get our heads around that and sort of and turn up and change the ethos a little bit. I'm, I'm hoping these. These new players will uh, will add to us. We've been conceded far too many goals and, and not scoring enough. And obviously, the second one's a bit my fault. So hopefully, I can pull my finger out and we can stop conceding a few and we can start climbing the tables because we've got a great manager in, in Cleveland Taylor. He's obviously he played in the league and the coaching's good. It's it's as good as I've had if I'm being honest. So it's nothing to do with that. So. Yeah, I'm just at the minute. I just want to start enjoying it a bit more. Because I said to my wife, she she said I'm a bit more um, upset than I was when I was in the league. So I'm still taking it quite serious. But hopefully, win a few more games and it will be uh, a bit more enjoyable. What What's the league called now? What What does that equate to in tears? Is it you know? Uni uh, Unibon Prem, County Premier? It is yeah, and what is that sort of eighth ninth tier? I think it's step five. That's all step I believe. Five. That's all okay. I know it as. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I must admit, I, I was surprised. Pre-season, we felt okay. Then we started the league and there's some good teams. Every The, the difference now, you know, Ed, when you play football, there were some bigger lads now. Everyone's so fit. We play Loughborough Uni, like you say, Loughborough Uni. We played them the other day, the Ram Wings around us because they're all so fit. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, uh, and, yeah. And yeah. that's what they do day in, day out. So, yeah, it's, it's been tough, but I've you know, been in this... Uh, I, t- I told him actually about my Cheltenham scenario. When we started, obviously, those first 10 games under Michael... Yeah. We didn't win a game, and then you sort of get your house in order. That's that's important. You do that first, and then it starts re- reflecting on the pitch, and, and that's what's that's what we need to happen now. Yeah, is it, that's interesting. What are the other lads like with you? Do they feel are they in awe of you? Are they nervous around you? What, they get stuck into you in training. How does it? No, they get, they're on me back at the minute about scoring goals. To be honest, so uh, <laughs> no, they, they were fine. It's it's been quite a good transition. To be honest, it's it's a lot easier now to settle in dressing rooms. Must admit then. And when I first started, um, yeah, a lot of them asked me questions about my career, which is quite nice to give them that bit of feedback. Um, there's young lads that try and help daily. And uh, yeah. we, the, the, thing, the thing is, we only train once once a week. So it's hard to get that. Yeah, Wednesday night, that's all it is. So oh, I'm having right. to, to look after myself in the meantime. So yeah, we don't get to see them very often because the uh, AstroTurf rent, rented out every other night because they're obviously trying to get the money in, which I understand. So... Because it's usually yeah, Tuesday, so, Thursday in that level, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I must admit, it, it might be too much for me to train two nights a week on the AstroTurf, so I'm quite pleased of it. So if they did change it, I might struggle. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it a good? Is it a 4G one or is it yeah, like, not yeah, old school Sandy? No. No, no, no. He's, he's a businessman, the chairman. He did brilliant with it. And uh, yeah, it's all kitted out. It's a great setup, to be honest, in this league. Good. Good to hear. And when you look back, Reg, I know you've got your daughter's birthday, so I'll let you go in a minute. It's great. To, oh, that's all right. Great to speak to you. Um, but how do you reflect on the lessons? Because what I've started this podcast, Sport and Life for, I was just thinking that 
when you've been obsessed with sport and to a large extent football for a long time, I think what are the lessons you take out of it from when I was younger when I played a little bit, but when you know, I was a journalist for 20 years, what do you reflect on? What has it given you as you, you go towards the next chapter, be it in football or out of football? Is it, is it giving you character traits? Is it giving you people skills? How do you, how do you see it? Definitely people skills. That's, that's always been important with me. I think academically, I was never great. Obviously, people say to you, what was your favourite subject? I'd always say PE. Mm, yeah. It's a bit, of, bit, of, bit of a cop-out, really. But <laughs> sort of put me in a room with people now and, and it, I can relate and I've learnt so much off. Because, I've, like you said, I've been at a lot of clubs that I, I, do, I do really appreciate people that have stayed at a club for a long time. That, that's great. But I feel like I've sort of... I've been up and down the country... I remember when I was at Blackpool, I promised my wife I'd be coming closer to home and I ended up going to Portsmouth. So I went from one end, one end of the earth to the other. But yeah. I met so many people and, and so many different cultures. It's weird, we're in the same country. But when you go from Blackpool down to Portsmouth, the, the, the cultures, it's completely different. And, and being in London at Charlton, I was mm. going from crew. At crew, there's no pressure to win games. I went into the, to the pressure pot at, at Charlton, which... Um, made me grow as a person and, and, and me and my wife as people as well because when we ventured into to London town we were <laughs> sort of uh, the bright lights as we say it was yeah. it was a different different to what we were used to so yeah definitely that and and you've got to say as a footballer you've got to have thick skin um, and that's definitely helped me I think I wasn't on social media while I was playing because I was obviously warned against it. Um, mm. my, bro my brother used to answer for me quite a lot. I actually used to fire back sometimes. <laughs> but I used to say to him, don't get involved. So I'm so uh, I'm so thankful for, for the career I had and what, what the games give to me. Um, I feel like I dragged sort of every ounce out of it. I must admit, it wasn't for ability, if we're being honest. It was from literally hard work and a, a bit of rawness. I, I always wanted to, to get better and go higher. So, and, and I, I look back now and think that I've got no regrets, I must admit. Well, that's fantastic to hear. It's interesting you talk about social media and, and I suppose people judging you and having the resilience because that's kind of what football is, isn't it? It's extreme. It, like you say, it's a nice schedule. You'd get off by half past one, but you've always got yeah. that pressure of trying to impress the manager, trying to be selected. In your case, as a striker, trying to score goals. Does it, do you think that is something that you've learned to deal with pressure that will help you in the next, the next chapters? Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... Yeah, when I used to, I, could, I remember I'd go in after a game, if we played Tuesday night, we'd go in Thursday, and then the lads would speak about the, the hammer they've had on Twitter or Instagram. And I just used to say to them, why do you do it? Why do you put yourself through it? Yeah. Uh, because I must have, I was that, I would see the odd bit, and like I say, my brother would tell me, and I, I, it did affect me. Obviously, people are a lot different. Um, I'd never show it. I'm that sort of positive person that walk in, always sort of put a brave face on it. But I just don't know why you'd want to put yourself in that situation. I, I actually... I like Instagram now because I can see a lot of my school friends that I never spoke to for 15, 20 years. Mm. And and I don't really put a lot on about my football because I see people that do that, which, and then I think to myself, not that I'm, not that I feel like I, I need to show what I've done. I think the people that know me know, yeah. know that the sacrifices I made throughout my career, maybe one day I'll, I'll put something out there about my career. And I've even spoke to the wife about getting in the loft and getting all my programs and, and cutouts mm. out and, and that'll really sort of perk me up, I suppose, because it goes so quickly. Yeah, I, you want to be proud I, of it, but don't yeah, definitely. That the key, I, yeah, I, sure. I actually spoke. I said at about. I spoke to Billy Jones the other day, and he's he's just finished last summer as well. And he actually said to me, and I, I, it didn't upset me. It made me just realise that he said that it feels like he's never played football because mm. he's been. He's only been done a few months, and I thought that that's, yeah, it's quite scary, really. 
Yeah. He's had a 15, 20 year career in a game and he's, he's done brilliant, but now he feels like he's never played. And we actually spoke about the, the PFA, with, you know, sort of having a call off someone just to see, because there can't be that many players that finish in, in at the end of one. So yeah, there, there could be a callback system just to see how you're getting on because like you say, I, I bet you've applied for your own course. I've applied for my own course. The PFA will fund it, but I've not had anyone ringing me saying what I'm going to do and, and just that little bit of follow-up, I think yeah. that would be great. It, it wouldn't take a lot. And like I said, I've spoke to two players in the last week who have both said the same situation as me. So Identity, isn't it? Because there's actually it's yeah. a bit of parallels in, in broadcasting because I know people that have left broadcasting roles. And obviously, there's not that many sports broadcasting no. jobs yeah. in the country and they've left. And they're like, wow, it seems like a million miles ago and they're looking to start a new business or whatever. But it almost feels like, can you use that previous past of you be proud of it yeah. not live in it i think they don't want to dwell in they don't want to sort of you know live in that that's the key isn't it i suppose not getting too nostalgic yeah for sure i think that that's why i say footballers feel like they've got to stay in football because once they start it's, it's a completely different life i think the stigma behind being a footballer like we, we actually spoke about can you imagine how many times i've had it now or what you're going to do now with your life and yeah. i'll end up telling i'll end up telling people what they want to hear mm. and for the first six weeks i said oh, i'm just playing golf enjoying myself but then that sort of, that runs out, that sort of, you can't keep living your life like that. You've got to be honest with yourself and sort of get yourself yeah. back going. So I'm quite pleased that I've been able to sort of get my head around it and which way I want to go. And hopefully we can make it work. Do you miss the adrenaline of the game day? I thought you got it at Corn, but do you know, that sort of, that level of it, because pressure can be a good thing as well, can't it? It can make you feel alive as well. That's the good yeah, part of it. Definitely. It's great where the adrenaline's there. I think like, Mark, what, always within my career I get to games and no matter even when I drop down I'm still so nervous because I always wanted to do better that that rawness that drive I had that that was my feeling I obviously we've always got adrenaline when we get on the pitch but I, I sort of miss that I used to stay in I think about it all the time because I lived in Cheltenham in the house with a couple of lads Sean Long and Ben Tozer that Saturday morning Mm. The Friday night chat was brilliant Saturday morning was a lot different because we all <laughs> we all treat a bit differently obviously me, me and Longy would eat the same things. Toes is a bit of a weirdo, so we'd have something completely different. Uh, but uh, yeah, I miss them mornings. And, and I think, like I say, my weekends now, I want to structure them a bit better and have a, have a bit of time with the family. But I'll always look back at that and uh, in, in, in good eyes. And I'm, I'm really pleased that I, I enjoyed that time. And finally, how you said about the criticism on social media. And I think, like you say, I know there's this pressure to have a brand and all that kind of stuff for players, but... I do wonder about the, the mental health aspect of it, especially when they're getting reviews of their performances within 30 seconds of coming into the dressing room. You hear that's quite alarming, actually, that players are looking at that straight away, even probably before the managers even said something. Um, but do you, if you work in the media, and you, as you work in the media, how comfortable are you with judging other players? Because I, I see it sometimes as a transition where they're a bit neutral when they come in, and then suddenly pundits start swinging from the hip about everyone. You're like, oh. hang on a minute. You know, sometimes a little bit of a lack of empathy. And as you know, there's, there's pressure on us as journalists increasingly to be opinionated. I'm lucky at my role at Sky Sports News, we're tended to be as neutral and impartial. And I prefer that because I don't want to be judging people who have done way more things than me, you know, in football or in bo boxing, especially when you're covering a boxing event. I don't want to be sort of criticising someone. And, you know, I've never taken a punch in my life. So it's, it's ridiculous. I can, yeah, I can, re I can really relate to. I, I spoke to Steve Warner. He's obviously doing great things at Sky now, yeah. and, and and I spoke to him about which way I wanted to go with the media stuff. And I actually, I look at, I, th I think I'm okay to say. I looked at. Um, we spoke about Talk Sport initially, and and he said it's completely different to Sky. Obviously, Talk Sport are trying to get hits and trying to get. Yeah. There's so. Uh, I see Jamie O'Hara. Some of the situations I hear him talk about, I just think he's lying. 
he yeah. wouldn't he, he wouldn't he wouldn't have said that when he was a player. I think no. he was talk he was talking about um the dinosaur at uh, Arsenal. It's a, it's a weird one to go down, but I'll never forget it. Well, and he was saying that yeah, and he was saying that Abamyang and Lacazette should take a drop in wages to pay his wages. No, and, and then um I can't remember who was on. It might have been Ali McCoy. He said to him, well, what would you do if, I think he was manager, was it Billericay then? He was manager at Billericay. And he said, yeah, he so what about, yeah. Yes. so if, if Tottenham came in and asked you to be manager, would you go? He said, no, because I'm happy at Billericay. And I just thought, you're lying. You just say, <laughs> he's just trying to be controversial. Yeah. And I just, I look at some of them and I just think, you've got to see it through the players' eyes. You've got to be fair because you understand in that situation. I know they're trying to make their media careers um, heighten and yeah. stuff, but, let, let's be honest. If you if you've you've got to be a certain level of, of looking after your career as well, and and you've been there and been in dressing rooms, and you know what the pressure's about. And I suppose it's good for you to speak to footballers because you can you can sort of understand in and out, and you've played football and done sports yourself. You've got that sort of level of looking after yourself. So yeah, yeah I, well, never I, that I level. Know. I'm always I'm always careful. I've never played to any decent level like you guys. I've never had that pressure. Yeah. And actually, when I look back, I think part of the lessons getting into media and doing screen tests is actually trying to take my failures in, in sport. I remember going to football trials and just not delivering under pressure and always having that sense of, of frustration, hiding a little bit. And I think actually, that's because yeah. I remember going to, you know, you go to trials or whatever it would be for a team and you sort of do enough, but not do a lot, if you know what I mean. And I think that's exactly, really, and I do think it's hard to judge people in the, especially at the top level of sport in that fierce spotlight. I'm very careful to not, try and like you say chase clicks or ch- chase by saying something sensational like you know there's a guy yeah, exactly guy called Stephen A. Smith in the States who I think called um uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone who's an MMA fighter called him a coward and this is a journalist because he lost to Conor McGregor and you're like he's in there getting knees wow. and, and whatever else and you'll I'll, I'll see you outside <laughs> yeah but you just think like come on you have to yeah we, we don't want to go too far down that funnel of just chasing eyeballs and sensationalism no exactly and, and I, I think it's I did a couple of uh, co-coms. I did the, the Chel- a couple of Cheltenham games and I was able to, I've always done this. And I think that's this is why the clubs I've been at, I've always done a lot of the interviews and stuff. I've been quite comfortable in front of yeah. the camera and, and uh, quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, and I was able to, to banter about myself. And I think that if you can do that, you've got half a chance, haven't you? Yeah. Like you can listen. I, I used to speak, I can't remember who I was doing it with. There would be, there'd be a chance missed in a game. And he'd say, Luke, should he be scoring that? I said, well, he, he did better than me. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't have even hit the target. So <laughs> if you're able to do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. If, if you can do that, people can relate to you and not expect you to sort of... Like we say, people say things on the TV that they wouldn't have said when they were, they were footballers. So it's... Uh, yeah, I, I get frustrated sometimes. That's what I say. I'm not that... I, I think Twitter's a bit more... You see, you see a bit more of that. Instagram's a bit yeah. more picture-related, so I'm better with that. <laughs> it always makes me laugh when you've got like an agricultural defender in his day even if he played at the top level but he's then criticising strikers for finishing chances and saying well should have got his head over that should have yeah. been more composed and you think I don't think you ever scored in your entire career yeah exactly it, and that's it, yeah. yeah and my return in, in one in five isn't uh, that great so <laughs> it uh, but listen it's uh, all each to their own whatever they're doing in the careers they're yeah. trying obviously heighten, heighten their career so yeah I think um, I'm happy with where I am at the moment and I must admit like I say I've started ringing other people now to see how they are because I've had that tough couple of months now yeah. I had it before I went to Cheltenham so I've been there and now it's I'm, I'm quite enjoyed speaking to them to see how they're getting on because it's important to, to just like we, I think there's been a lot of things just just check in on people it's, it's important at yeah. the minute with the things that are going on in life so and with, with my daughter's leg 
uh, that's been really tough to go through as well. So, and, How, and she's yeah, she's okay. She's uh, she's just off of crutches now, so she's ten weeks down the line. Um, it was just heartbreaking. She's my wife's baby girl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can imagine, and, and it was she actually did it playing with Daddy in the garden. So, uh, <laughs> divorce was on the cards for a couple yeah, of days, but she's uh, she's let me off now. Well, I'm hoping she has, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go for. It. She, she, I'm, I'm sorry. It's her birthday today. How old is she? No, it's my oldest today. My oh, oldest okay. 10. Yeah, my youngest eight. So hopefully I get this qualification done. I could start taking in the garage and getting her back to her best because they're both um, they're both decent athletes. They both swim, run and dance. So yeah, fingers crossed she'll be, I've been told there should be no um, complications going forward. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully she gets on. That's great to hear. Well, keep me posted. I'm sure you can go in there without the qualification because I doubt they're going to see you for lack of insurance. Yeah, yeah. I'll we'll lock the garage door. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't let the, the inspectors coming around from uh, the fitness uh, government. Uh, but, Red, really appreciate your time. Thank you. I'll keep banging the drum for you at Sky. And I, Perfect. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Cheers, I Take care. I really appreciate Reg's candor on that. Brilliant topic to explore those difficult months of reshaping identity, getting some clarity, coming away from the camaraderie of your extrovert as well and the wonderful buoyancy of being in a team environment every day to sort of being on your own at home, maybe even with family and not being used to spending that much time with your family as well, which can be an adjustment for all members of the family, not least the, the player themselves. And then shaping out what to do for the rest of your life when you've got possibly what, 25 years of work ahead of you, depending on the financial situation, et cetera. But we really appreciate that insight into the process. And it's great that Luke has got to a point where he feels reconciled with what he's going to do, but also reaching out to help other people in a similar situation of his generation. So great story, great character. Look up him online on Instagram and also look up his story as well and just where he's been. If you want to if you know more about him, if you're not a fan of UK football or maybe not necessarily cognizant of his story, it's great to have played in the Premier League, played at all levels pretty much, I believe. Similar to the current Cheltenham manager, actually, Michael Duff in that. And I think they have a lot of empathy and understanding. So there you go. Thank you for listening to that. I'd appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please rate it on iTunes, spread the word, pass it on to a friend. If you uh, support one of the clubs that, that Reg played for as well, that might might be a good way of boosting the podcast. But any review is always great online. But just, I think, person-to-person referral for me is powerful with podcasts because there's so many, aren't there? I think there's over a million that if someone actually steers you that you trust in the direction of a podcast, you're more inclined to listen than, than anything else. Thank you for being here. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Bang Olufsen Cheltenham, also a proud sponsor of the local football club, Cheltenham Town FC. And remember, Cytoplan, if you're looking to optimize your immunity as we go into those gloomy months, there's a bit of watery autumn sunshine around today as I record this in my studio come spare room. But yeah, you know that the nights are drawing in. The vitamin D is less abundant for sure. Might be a time to optimize immunity as the coughs, colds, rear up and all that kind of good stuff over the winter. But if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, you can get 30% off your initial purchase, 10% thereafter on their food-based supplements so digested as food would be. So hopefully getting into the system as much as possible. You can go uh, with the code DRAPER10R. So it's my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. As I said, please spread the word and hopefully have another podcast for you next week. Goodbye.